Thanks for listening to the New Life Church Searcy podcast. If you'd like to get connected to what God is doing at the Searcy campus, you can text the word Searcy to 88000. There you can give online, get connected to a life group, find your place in a serve team, and so much more. You can also find today's message notes in the YouVersion Bible app. Just tap the link in the episode description to follow along during the sermon and save notes directly to your phone. Now prepare your hearts to hear a great word from God today. I'm going to ask you a question, and if I don't get the response I want, I'll do what I did at 9, which was just to keep asking it until I get the response I want. But How many of you believe that hearing from God is important? Okay, let me ask again. How many of y'all believe hearing from God is important? All right, it's very, very important. And so um, as we talk this out today, and you kind of know I've been leading up to Easter and talking about the stories of Jesus kind of pointing in that direction is really what I wanted to do. And so today I'm going to end that on Palm Sunday just by talking out one of his parables and why I believe that parable was so important. I actually had a friend once who was so intentional with hearing from God that he, um, and this is going to sound weird to, to all of us, um, but he was just so intentional with it. He wasn't trying to be, be weird at all. It's just how it came out. Every morning he would stand in front of his closet and he would ask the Lord, what do you want me to wear today? And I think the point in that was not to be weird. It was just he wanted to create room in his life for the voice of God. And he wanted to develop this practice of being able to hear from God. And uh, when we think about this today as believers, um, I, I think we kind of struggle with it because we, we, there's this whole school of thought that is teaching that this is ceased. You know, that there, there is no, no more hearing from the Lord. Uh, we have his word. We have the canon. But we don't have an active, we don't have an active speech from God. And that we aren't having visions and we aren't having dreams and we aren't uh, getting new revelation. That anything that you're going to get, you're going to get from Scripture. And there's no direct word intentionally for you from God at any point because those days have, have ended. It was something for the apostles and now it's, it's over. And you may be from that school. I'm not, I'm not combating that. But I do think that it is very, very important. And as I read through Scripture, there's some Scriptures that have bothered me um, and, and scared me some when it comes to the voice of the Lord. Um, one of those being, um, if you go back and you look at Samuel and the story of Samuel, uh, when he heard his name, you know, the voice cried out, the voice of the Lord cried out to him and said, Samuel, and called his name. And he got up thinking somebody in the temple had called his name. And um, what's even more um, in depth about that story is he was sleeping right next, the Bible says, to the, at the Ark of the Covenant. So, you know, he's sleeping right next to the most sacred element at that day and time. And he doesn't even recognize the voice of God. And you know how it plays out. He, he does this um, several more times. And finally, Eli says, hey, I think, you know, the, I think something's going on. So the next time you hear that, say, you know, speak, Lord. Your servant is, is, is listening. And um, here's the part of that story that scares me. When you read it, it says that the voice of the Lord had not been heard. And it was like hundreds of years and so what that meant was that there were, were priests doing the work of the ministry and never hearing from God. So if we modernize that, these are people coming to church, doing church, having church, never hearing from the Lord. 
and it was happening generationally. So what that also meant is that at some point that priest is going to die. So he extends mentorship to the next priest in line, and he's never heard from God. And so he's just teaching how we do things. You do this, and you light that candle, and we turn all the lights on at 8, and we roll the phones over at 9, and, 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 and we just do these things. And it became a list rather than listening. And that happened generation, 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 up until the point that you've got a kid dedicated to the Lord sleeping next to the ark of God that when the voice of the Lord comes and speaks to him, he didn't even know what it is. And it makes me wonder um, in the modern church how far removed we are from actively listening and hearing from God. And so I believe that this parable this morning is a challenge of Jesus to the people in what he knows. He's putting the landing gear down on his life, and he is saying there's a gospel coming, a new gospel, a new voice, a new revelation, something new to be heard, and and you got to get it. And if you don't get this, you're not going to get anything else in the kingdom. And so hearing from the Lord is huge. And I think even in this modern church era, we need a word. I mean, there's going to be times in your life, if you haven't experienced it already, where you need God to say something to you. And it needs to be very clear and very concise and very directional. Examples of that would be you're feeling a shift at your job. Man, that's the time to hear from God. Maybe you're contemplating marriage. You need to hear from the Lord. That's a big decision. Uh, maybe you're looking at a huge purchase or a relocate, like you're buying a house or you're going to move from one state to the next. Those are big things. Those are things you want to hear from the Lord on so that you can step out of that boat, so to speak, into some confidence that I know I've heard from God. And so there's times when we don't want to get counsel from a friend, we want to hear from the Father. We don't want just a best selling author pouring into us, and there's a time for that. It's like, man, I need to hear from the Lord more than ever before in my life. And so this was a very, very important topic from Christ. And when teaching about hearing from God, he would actually say this phrase. He would say, he who has an ear, let him hear. And again, that was a very old way of saying, listen up. And so I think all these people were following him because of his reputation and the signs that were following. And when he got ready to pour into them, he would say, listen, it's, it's time to settle down, settle in, be quiet, face forward. I'm about to reveal something about heaven to you, and you need to hear it. And if you miss it, it's on you. And he goes into this great story, and which I'm going to share with you. But I think hearing God's voice it makes us efficient, and I was a little leery of using that word um, when, I, when I wrote this out, but I couldn't escape it. It just kept coming back, this word efficient, and this is why I say that, because when I hear from God, I'm making less mistakes. My moves seem more strategic. I know what to do, and I'm going with confidence, and that knowledge is, is what we, we would call wisdom. Like, I'm wise in this because I've heard from God on it. And you're, you're the same way. So when you hear from the Lord, it makes you very efficient. And it feels like things are just clicking. I, I know we've used that in, in, our, in our words before. 
Um, we also, in church world, we use the word favor. Like, man, I feel like I'm under favor right now. Like, everything I'm doing is working. It's clicking. Life is good. Uh, I got momentum. And those are all things like you've heard from God and you're in step with the Spirit. And so life for you is flowing. It's going good. Opportunity is there. You've got a lot of confidence in it. It gives you direction. But it's more than just directional. It's relational. Like, like you've heard from God. Man, that is nothing but bring us closer to him. Wants us to hear more. It's like, thank you for the clarity. Thank you for the direction. But thank you more, Father, for just speaking in my direction. It's amazing to me. It's just the relational aspect of it. Hearing from God also proves that you're a child of God. The Bible says that the sheep will know his voice. They, they will hear it. And uh, when, I, when I hear the voice of the Lord, it gives me such confidence that I'm a son in the house. You know, it's like I, my, my father is speaking and I've heard it. And I'm a sheep and he's a shepherd. And we, I, I reconnect with that part of, of my theology whenever I hear from God. So I think the question is not whether or not God is speaking to us. I think it's how well we're hearing. It's like I think that the voice of the Lord can be right there. It can be so close, but we're just not in tune with it. And there's several reasons for that, and some of those I'm going to talk out this morning. But just to get our minds going, let me give you an example that we've all had, um, just so that you know kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm aiming at. There, there, there can be times in my home where I'm looking for something. Like I'm walking around kind of aimlessly, wondering, staring in rooms and looking, and maybe Robbie's on the couch reading, and I'll pass her by two or three, four times, and finally she'll notice that I, I don't have a real agenda. Like I'm just walking and pacing, and she will say, what are you looking for? And I will tell her, and she will stand up and come, and boom, pull that item right out of thin air. It's like witchcraft, but you can't help who you love, right? And so it's like, it's like she's just like witchy woman, and, um, and there she has it. And I'm like, how did you pull that out of thin air? And she's like, it was right in front of you. And it's like that sometimes, I think, with God's voice and word in our lives. It's like it's right in front of you. But for whatever reason, mentally, spiritually, we're distracted, we're not focused on it, we're not sensitive to it, and it's right in front of us. You might even bump your head on it. Uh, you know, uh, Job says God speaks in one way and now the other, and man doesn't even perceive it. It's one of my, my favorite verses because it's so relevant to me uh, to get, you know, God is speaking, but you're not picking up what he's putting down kind of thing. And so... I want to get uh, honest and personal with you. Sometimes I get uh, too busy, and for me, that's when it's not easy uh, for me to hear from God. I've been candid with you many times over the years about um, ways that I have missed God's voice. Um, I'm not ashamed of those things. They were uncomfortable, but what they did is they give me an experience that now I can share with you. Um, but I have, I have bought things that were not bad purchases, but they were things that were not God's will for my life at that particular time. And so it can make you uncomfortable. It can make you miss uh, God's perfect will for your life. I've taken ministry appointments, moved my family to those ministry appointments, and they've been very testful towards my faith and my, my marriage. But um, one time I took uh, six X lax because someone dared me to. 
Uh, that was not God's will. I actually think Satan was involved in that, uh, but uh, that, was not, that was not a good thing. Um, I've made mistakes, but some people um, also, you know, when it comes to hearing from God, they, um, they say, you know, I had, a, I had a dream, and I feel like the Lord spoke to me, and I believe that that is scriptural, um, you know, that, that the Lord will speak through visions and dreams to people. I believe it. Um, I, I came, and I've been came with you about this too, but I, I came from a charismatic background, and so lots of people were having dreams. And so it took uh, some discernment for me to go, I believe that's from God, and I don't believe that's from the Lord because it doesn't line up with Scripture. I'm not trying to be crass, but it just didn't seem to line up. And so some people dream uh, weird things, and it's not God. It's, it's like Marco's pizza uh, sauce. You know, you can't have that stuff after 8 o'clock. You'll have weird dreams. But um, a couple years ago, maybe, Robbie had a dream, and uh, she woke up, and she was mad at me. And it's like you, you can't figure out what you did. You think about it. You're like, how, you know, what is she mad about this time? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, and so I was like, what is she mad about? And you can tell like she wants to hurt you and she has a plan. So you want to stay a little bit away from her. And so finally I'm like, well, what, what's going on? And she's like, I dreamed that, that you were dating someone other than me. And she's mad. Um, but I, I come down to it, I'm like, but that, but that was a dream. It's, it wasn't real. But she's still mad about it. And it comes down to where like, I'm, I'm going, okay, well, I had a dream last night too that I was being chased by clowns. I didn't wake up mad at clowns. Want to know why? Because it was a dream. It's, it's like you got to have some discernment about, about your dreaming and about hearing from the Lord and what's the Lord and what's not the Lord. And so... This is where this takes us, and if you have your Bible or Bible app, go with me to Luke chapter 8, and I'm going to paraphrase this great parable. Um, it's one of my favorites. It's also one of your favorites. But we're going to talk, talk out these types for just a second. Luke chapter 8 tells a story, Jesus teaching, and again, we have to look at this through the context of the cross. I believe there's there was a some type of warning here that, hey, there's a big shift coming and God's voice is about to speak through the gospel and you need to hear it. So this text talks about a farmer. This farmer goes out to sow seed. And as he goes out to sow seed, the seed is scattered and it falls on some what's called good soil and some not so good soil. There's actually four types of soil. I'm going to cover three of those. To give you imagery, this is not like your grandfather's garden where he creates a hole and he drops a seed in it and he covers it up and he puts a little water on it. He goes to the next one, he punches a hole and he drops a seed and he covers it up and he waters it. This is called broadcasting. And so this would be more like a sower's bag wrapped around. A farmer would take his hand, he would walk through a prepared field and he would just throw seed and, and he would hope that it more fell on good soil than bad soil. Very, very common. So he would throw and throw and throw. But, you know, when you get down to the nitty-gritty of it, good soil and bad soil could be sitting right next to each other. And so this is where this parable is coming, that some of the seed just fell onto soil that was never going to be receptive. So this story, metaphorically, to us, is this is the Word of God, this seed, this voice, this hearing, this revelation is the sower's bag. 
You and I are the soil. We are receiving word, receiving revelation, receiving wisdom, receiving direction. And so he says that these four soils represent four spiritual attitudes. And the reason I want to point this out is this is not four kinds of people. The reason that that's important is because you and I have been all four of these soil types at some point. Now, you may be a champion in one of them, but you've, exp- you've been one of all of these types at some point in, in your life. These are all attitudes, and God is teaching us to aim at the best attitude because when we have that, it's the sweet spot where we hear can hear from God, and every time you get there, you begin to see what God is doing. It's like open heaven in your life, and life becomes clear to you because you are hearing what God is saying. So let me talk out a few things for us to aim at this morning. The first thing is this. you got to open your life up, okay? Now, that sounds elementary, but I want you to think of your life right now as just a container. Think of it as like, like a jar. Now, All the potential is there, but that jar, that container has a lid on it, and that lid is controlled by your will. So you have God who wants to fill it. He wants to press it down, shake it, make it run over, fill that cup till it overflows. His potential, his potency is present. Your potential is present. The barrier is a lid, and God cannot... It's the thing that he instilled into all of us because it has to be present for there to really be love. Is There's got to be a will. You've got to put your hand on that lid in your life and open it. Otherwise, God is full of of potential, you're full of, of potential, but there's no conversation happening because you haven't created the space. You haven't opened up your life to the word of God. And so in verse 5, he tells us what this first type of soil is. He says, Some seed fell on the path, and it was trampled on, and the birds of the air came and ate it up. He goes on to verse 12. Those along the path are like people who hear, okay? And then the devil comes along and takes away the word from their hearts so they cannot believe and be saved. Now let me, let me break this down just a little. Let me unpack it. So there's this first type of soil that falls into a very common area, the footpath. And as the seed, as this word is broadcasted, there's an attitude of heart that is represented of the footpath. It's well-trodden. The soil has become hardened. And they can receive the word. It falls there. They hear it. But, this is very sad, it can be taken from them. That good word can be stolen from them. Now, you can play this out in your mind and through the filter of your own experiences all that that you want, but it's very simple. It's this, that you can get a good word in your heart, and if you don't hold on to it, if you don't nurture it, if you don't give it a root system, if you don't intentionally spend time with it, it can be pulled away from you as if you never heard it. You know, growing up, we would we would we use this word backsliding. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that. Backsliding basically meant like you were following God 
and something happened. And now you no longer are. This is kind of what this is like. Like you, you heard the word, you got it, you received it, but now it's been taken from you. And you can call it an experience, you can call it a letdown, you can call it discouragement, you can call it trauma, you can call it whatever, but you got robbed is what happened. And so he's saying, listen, you got to be very, very careful. And we've all met and hung out with these kinds of people, and it might be where you are right now. This might be the attitude of your own heart, because the footpath really comes with two characteristics. It's hardened and narrow. And I don't know if you've ever met anyone like that before. Hard-hearted, narrow-minded. These are supposed to be believers, but they have constricted their worldview and their relationship to God to such a fine place, such a narrow place, that that seed can no longer be easily spread to them. It's almost like God has to walk up and, and, and just operate, just do surgery on them and drop them into such a small place. Typically when I'm talking with people who are like this, who are, who are the attitude of the footpath, is it's so negative. They, they, they look at life and life is terrible and they're, Spouse is terrible, their job is terrible, and God is terrible because he didn't do this. And suddenly the, their world of faith, they have just pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, and they got it in. And now a church, for them to be involved, it has to look like this and be like that. And the, the preacher has to do this, and worship has to look like that, and discipleship has to look, look like that, and the people who attend there have to act a certain way. And now none of that makes them happy, so they go church to church to church to church to no church because the constriction that they have placed is so unrealistic that they have trouble receiving what God is trying to, to communicate to them. So you got to make room in your life to hear the Word of God. you got to make room for it. you got to take the lid off. And you might be somebody who really knows how to transport your jar. You know what I mean? Like, like you know how to, how to come to church and you know how to, how to do westernized church, but the lid's been on. So like, you don't even remember the last time you really got blessed or you really felt like you were in the middle of God's will or you really felt like you got some great clarity on what's going on. Take the lid off of your life. Take the lid off. This is really why, and this is sad to say out loud, but this is really why, even in a room like this, this is what I'm talking about how the soils can be right next to each other. Um, you can have someone, even in this service today, and may, maybe they are hungry. May, maybe their general presentation is, is hunger for God. So they might have their Bible app out, an iPad, a pen. They're, they're taking notes. They're, they're, they're writing down stuff. When the worship teams, they're worshiping. They're engaged. Uh, response time, they're engaged. And they, 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 they come up at the end of a service. They talk to somebody, and they go, oh, gosh, uh, so good. Today was for me. I mean, that, that, was, that was right where I'm living. It was just so good. And they can be sitting right next to someone who doesn't feel anything? That's because that's the difference in the attitude of soil. Same message, same spirit, same experience, same church, same songs, same sermon. But the attitude of receptivity 
is different. The second thing, I got to carve out some time. Now, I really believe I could probably preach for 52 weeks about time, about busyness, about rest, about making room. Uh, this is something that is very significant to our, our, our culture. A busy life doesn't necessarily mean you have a hard heart, but it could mean you have a shallow spiritual life. Doesn't mean you're hardened, doesn't mean that you don't want to hear from God, but it could mean that you're shallow in several places where the Lord's calling you to depth. And so I think what happens there is when we get shallow, we, we start to manage our relationship with God and we hydroplane across his, his word, across the hearing of God. So we get up, we do our Devo, we go to version, we hit the verse of the day, somebody reads it to us. We make a few notes, we got to post it, we stick on the fridge or whatever, and, and, and we hydroplane across the things of God rather than making some time, okay? So the second seed, he says this in verse 6, if you're following me. He says, other seed fell on shallow soil with rock beneath it. And this seed began to grow, but soon it withered and died. And in verse 13, he says, Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no, no root. They believe it for a while, but in time of testing, they fall away. It's sad, too. These are people who have come, they've heard the word, they've had an experience. But they're so shallow that what started in them as something great and grand and transformative quickly dies out because what they have going in their life is temporary and, and shallow. It can't develop a root system. It's a flash in a pan. It's like um, the individuals, and again, I'm not trying to be crass. I'm trying to be relevant here. But there is an attitude type within the modern church that is this. They stay in a church just long enough for the honeymoon phase. So it's like, oh, they, they love everybody. They love, they love you, and they love the preacher, and they love the foyer, and they love whatever else about it. But then when the honeymoon's over, they got to go fill that with something else because they're shallow. They don't know how to how to latch on and go from honeymoon to family. So it's like they, they don't know how to go from, I've been served, now I'm going to serve. That, that transition is very foreign to them because their spiritual life is shallow. And this is such a hard thing as a pastor to watch because you know you got that family for like a year or less. And as soon as all the rah-rah ends, they're looking for the next church, the next thing. And if you look in, in their life, everything in their life is patternized after that because they're shallow. And he says, this is what happens when you are hearing the word of God and you're shallow. You're going to get it for a minute. You're going to be excited for a moment. 
you're going to be that, that wealthy guy in Scripture that comes to Christ and says, I'll do anything. Tell me what to do. He said, sell all you have and give it to the poor and follow me. I'm not digging that. I, I, I was excited, but now I'm not. It's hard. It's challenging to transfer from shallow mentality to depth. And this is his challenge to us. He's like, I'm getting ready to do something on the cross that is big and grand and deep, and you've never seen anything like it, and you've got to hear this news. Let me move quickly on. I'm running out of time. My grandfather, he was 101 when he, when he passed, almost 101 when he passed away. And um, he was not a pastor. My dad was not a pastor. But they did so great pastoring their children. My sister was in ministry um, before she passed. I'm in ministry. Um, his grandchildren were in ministry. I, I don't know why that is. That's just how it happened. But he just loved God. And he had heard me just preach a few times in, in life. And it was very difficult for them to travel, but in his, I'm guessing this was around in his 90s, and he always had a cane and a hat. And I got an invitation to preach at his home church, and I was so excited, not over anything else other than the fact he was there, it was his home church, and I was going to get to speak there before he died. So I went, and uh, tough, very, very tough crowd. But I went, I preached my favorite text, John chapter 9. At, at the end of it, I always talk about the collectivity of the kingdom and how important it is. And I'm kind of laning that, and I pray over everybody, and, and he's sitting just to my, my right. And I come off the little platform, and I stand down there, and he, I can see him coming to me. And I think he's going to do what grandfathers do. You know, he's just going to come up, he's going to tell me he loves me, and he's going to hug me, and I'm going to smell like brute by the, for the rest of the afternoon. But he comes up to me and he goes, you know what, I, I hope that I can live my life like that. You know, and I'm like, he is 95 years old. And his attitude of heart was still, God, I'm listening. I hope I can be part of a church that collectively comes together and moves the gospel forward. And I will never forget that statement. I hope I can do that. That I can, I can be like that person in the Bible. And I just think it's important that we make room. You know, we create this space. We, we, we make the time. And third, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land this quick. We got to eliminate some distractions our minds are so crowded with good things and bad things, and unfortunately, it's part of our culture. We take the word success, and we all define it differently, but whatever that definition is is what puts your feet on the floor in the mornings. So you are driven for that. It may be to earn another dollar. It may be to impact another life. It may be to save a life. It may be to teach someone. maybe to push a business forward, whatever it is. And in, in middle-class America, this is the air that we breathe. What's, what's next? 
what what's the what's the next thing? What's the next step? Okay, I achieve that one. What's next? What's next? What's next? It's like it's it's in us. We we want more. We 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 want it. We want it. We want it. And and in some ways it can be very very healthy, and in some ways it can be detrimental to your faith. But this last seed is there's a very theological statement found in it. In verse 7, he says, Other seed fell among the thorns. This also translates into the word weeds. And it says it grew up and it choked the plants. Okay, And the seed fell among them, uh, among the thorns. Stands or represents, it says, those who hear the word as they go on their way, they're choked out by life's worries and, and riches and pleasures. And my challenge for the church when it comes to hearing from the Lord would, would be this. Let's do a lot less worrying and a lot more listening. Let's stop worrying about the next thing and the next pleasure and the next thing we could get and the next thing we could put beside our name and, and let, let's hear from the Lord. This past week, I'm going to share this experience with you. Kim, you can go ahead and come if you want. Once a week on Tuesdays, all the pastors in our church get together in Conway and we just talk and pray and share and it's, it's always refreshing. But once a month, we do this thing called All Staff. And All Staff is when all the paid staff at all of our campuses come together and we have a worship service and it's awesome. So it's all church leaders so you know that it's got a lot of zeal in there. So, like, it's hands up, it's intense, there's a lot of exhortation, there's a lot of people encouraging each other. It, it's just, um, it, it's like a day at church camp on steroids. And Rick did something really different this past week. He um, came up to the front, he had a mic in his hand, and he said, I want us to just be quiet and just give space to hear from the Lord. And you know in that environment where things are high energy and people are worshiping and they're intentional and they're, everybody there is a, a leader, so they're, they're all wanting to talk. And he wants us to just be quiet. So it's like that first 30 seconds, like your body's revolting against it. I don't want to be quiet. But that last two and a half minutes of that three-minute stint was incredible. Um, I was sitting near, near the back and people began to kneel on the floor. Some people knelt and just raised their hands. Some people wept. It was just quiet, not a keyboard, not a voice, no one praying from a microphone. It was just, it was just a body of people making room for God to talk. And I think people were hearing. And it was just so rich and deep. And I thought, man, that one little simple practice, three minutes, let's just make room, let's be intentional, and let's just not talk. Let's not give thanks. Let's not ask. Let's not look at each other. Let's not quote a scripture. Let's not sing a song. Let's not hit a drum. Let's just be quiet and just let God talk a minute. And I think it was amazing. And I challenge all of us to find that that time. It may start with you for three minutes just being quiet, and it may feel 
so bad to you because we are so overstimulated. I mean, there's somebody here today, you can't go three minutes without touching your phone. So can you just imagine just being still and just listening? I'll end with this. A hundred years ago, J. Oswald Sanders, he did this little illustration. I wasn't there, but I've read about it. He had a pocket full of sinkers, like what you go fishing with. And he pulled one out, and he had it in his hand. And he said, I'm going to stay on the edge of the stage, and I want you to imagine I'm on the edge of a, of a, of a lake or a pool. And he said, this, this lead in my hand is, is, is you and I. He said, and if I opened my hand, he flipped his hand over and dumped that lead, and it fell to the floor. And he said, if I did that over a pool, it would hit that water, and it would sink. He said, there's a law of gravity um, that rules that example. And he took another one out of his pocket and he held it out and he dropped it again. He said, the same thing will happen if I pull a hundred of these out. I can just drop them in this pool. And he said, but if I take this one, he held up one more and he said, if I take this one and I tie it to this piece of wood and I drop that in the water, it'll float. Because a greater law overcomes the law of gravity. And he said, so a greater law can take a hold of your life and you benefit from it. And he compared that piece of wood to the wood of the cross. And he said, if you'll tether yourself, tie yourself to the cross, you're unsinkable. Because what, what was done there is a greater law than the law of sin in your life. The law of degradation, deprivation, whatever you want to describe it as. And there's no doubt in this room this morning, some of you came in this room and you're like, I am desperate to hear from the Lord. You're contemplating things, what's right, what's not right. Do I move, do I stay? college do I go to? What degree do I get? One more kid? Stay at this job? Leave this job? Leave this city? So many things. You need to hear from the Lord. You need to make some room. Take the lid off. Be intentional. Be still. Move away from all those soils and find you something good and soft and camp there. And invite the word of the Lord to come to you. Okay? I want you to stand with me all across the room. I'm going to pray over us. But if you're new to us, I'll tell you, we're about to just worship for just a second. In the very back of the room, there's a table on each side. And that table has communion and prayer cards. You can write out a prayer request anonymously. We're not asking for anything. And we will pray over that this week. We get them every week. They go to our staff. They go to the prayer team. And we'll pray over that. You can get communion, pray for, over your family. But what I'd like us to do, too, during this time is while we sing this song is to just shut your mind down and just listen. Take the lid off of your life. Some of you may need to imagine your hand being on your life and just taking the lid off and letting God fill your cup. Father, thank you for the word that we believe is active. 
revelation, the sweet voice of the Lord spoken over us. And I pray today, God, for every person here who's desperate for you. I pray for every person here who needs to hear a word from the Lord. God, we take a moment and we're just still. We take a moment to just absorb your voice, attune ourselves to you. So we create the space, we make the room, we are intentional. So Lord, just till up the soil of my life. Let my attitude change even right now where I can be receptive to what you need to tell me. Give clarity in this room today. Give direction and decision and confidence and wisdom and all the things that come when we hear from you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's receive this together. Amen.